Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land, the House of Sin and Studios Stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Last week, I was fortunate enough to speak to Liam, one of the directors from Colour Club, a little bit about the Save Our Scene petition and his involvement in that and I guess the cultural implications of corona on the Melbourne music scene. So without further ado, here's me chatting to Liam, very, very knowledgeable and very interesting. I hope you get something out of this. My name is Liam Alexander and I'm one of the directors of Colour Club in Carlton. So Save Our Scene is a group of people like me, um, predominantly made up of bookers and venue owners uh, of well-known live music venues in Melbourne and regional Victoria, who pretty much have come together because we felt as though, firstly, we had something to contribute, but also that we weren't perhaps being heard in the ways that we wanted to be by uh, the state government, and we thought that we could do something about that. I know the state government has announced different sorts of grants and stimulus packages for different aspects of the arts industry, but what have those lacked that makes Save Our Scene so vital? So there was certainly a lot of attention given to the $10,000 small business grant at the beginning of uh, the coronavirus crisis. Unfortunately, it sounds like it probably sounds like a lot of money, but the overheads of running a business in this industry are crazy. When you've already suffered the impacts of a few weeks of down trade as a result of sort of customer fear, I guess, you're, that's really a drop in the ocean. And it doesn't really deal with the ongoing issue, which is that the overheads and expenses of, of operating in an industry like this, when we're not allowed to operate in the way that we have previously, is going to continue to create a larger and larger deficit to which the only conclusion is shut down, basically. What are the primary issues that the package would need to cover financially in order to prevent a shutdown? The primary issues, and um, this is a statement that has been echoed by the venues, but certainly in my case, the primary issues are rent is a massive one. Um, We personally still have no resolution on that front. Um, And the legislation that started federally and then was brought in at state level is a lot less direct than I think people think it may be. Um, There's a lot of reliance on good faith and in our case, and I think in a lot of cases, landlords are not from the music industry. They don't see the cultural worth and value of music to Victorian people, which is their right, absolutely. But I think that this good faith assumption that landlords are going to be willing to work with tenants who are really, really suffering is a huge misconception. So rent is the biggest one from my perspective. It's also the highest cost, especially in our case, we have a 24-hour license, which those that work in the real estate industry identify as being worth a lot, which it is if you can if you can use it. But what that means is when you're not trading, you're also losing faster than everybody else. So... Rent is a big one. Insurance in the current climate is also a huge, huge issue. Insuring buildings, uh, insuring venues like Colour um, and other live music venues is an expensive process, particularly with regards to public liability and the insurance market at the moment, given how many major crises we've had recently, is only getting worse. There are other smaller things um, that are sort of ongoing stuff with regards to live music venues and nightclubs, which is 
the cost of security are massive. The, there seems to have been a general sort of a dip in money coming back across the bar and that sort of stuff. So there's a few sort of things that have come together and those things are not strictly linked to Save Our Scene, but there, there just needs to be an acknowledgement that I think live music and, and nightclubs are so important, particularly to the culture of Victoria, you know, live music capital of the world, as we call Melbourne, that they have worth beyond their financial contribution, which is also massive. <laughs> and we just want that to be acknowledged, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like my next question was going to be, why is it so important that small to medium-sized venues are helped through this difficult period? Small venues are where people start out. So it's it's opportunities for younger artists that if these small venues didn't exist, those opportunities would, would not exist. And that stretches to even the most famous Australian musicians. You know, everyone started somewhere. And I know that we pride ourselves at Colour on providing a space for those who haven't maybe done it before. And we did before. I, I used to work at a venue on Swanson Street called Lounge. It's a similar thing. And it's a sentiment that's been shared by so many of the people who are involved in Save Our Scene is that is something beautiful about small venues, particularly in Melbourne. So there's professional opportunities lost. I think live music venues traditionally are great places for discourse about social issues as well. And I think that for me personally, music venues were the first place I ever felt really at home. And I, it terrifies me to think that the 19-year-old version of me now wouldn't have that opportunity if venues like ours were gone. Speaking about colour and the late night scene directly, you guys have a 24-hour licence. Uh, how much does it mean to the local scene that this licence is protected? I think that particularly in an environment at the moment where licences, new licences are grant, rarely granted and if they are, you generally with um, some pretty crazy conditions. 24-hour licences I think need to be in the, right, in the hands of the right people for sure. But I think that that kind of community and connectedness, individual well-being that I was talking about before that is provided by venues is something that goes hand in hand with venues that trade, you know, well into the night. Like that's it. I remember reading an article, I think it was in Resident Advisor, about dance floor epiphanies and that struck such a chord with me. I feel like there's these early morning experiences with some of the world's best or Melbourne's best DJs and they happen when the sun is coming up, you know? Like, people look around and they just have these incredible moments. And I think that, yeah, I mean, I'll do everything in my power to prefer, preserve that 24-hour license because I've had so many meaningful experiences as a result of venues like that, you know? And I, yeah, I don't want to lose it, that's for sure. What sort of things have you guys been doing to try and, uh, I guess, stay relevant and keep up a little bit of business in the meantime? Obviously, it's not sustainable in the long term, but... I know you've had a few things in the works in terms of continuing business. Um, so, yeah, I mean, predominantly our thoughts on on continued trade, which is obviously at a, a much lesser rate than what we were doing previously, has been to engage our staff because um, I know that a lot of them have, have struggled not working. It has been to engage our suppliers, who a lot of who are small independent distributors of whether that's wine or, or other things, like we've tried to just keep a, a sort of smaller chain going because at least it gives us something, you know. So we've done a wine delivery service, we've done some merchandise, but at the end of the day, unfortunately, while these things kind of keep us busy, it, we're running at a loss and 
at a certain point, we have to stop and say, this just doesn't cut it, really. And that comes hand in hand with adjustment of costs and this sort of stuff that I was talking about earlier. But yeah, it's been nice to have have something to stop us from going too stir crazy and certainly help. It's helped the mental health a little bit, that's for sure. But yeah, I think it's 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 very clear to us that it's not sustainable. I heard one of the things you guys are doing as well is putting together a bit of a various artists compilation for the club. Yeah, we're working on that. So we've got all the tracks back, um, planning on putting together a record, a um, 12-inch that represents the live music side of what we do and of the nightclub side. So there'll be an orange side, which is our upstairs. If I'm not sure if you've been in our orange room, but yeah, I think people re- tend to remember that. And then downstairs is the sort of yeah, um, is the blue room with the, the sort of late night, more clubby stuff. So yeah, we're really excited about that. It's been uh, sent off to be mixed and mastered. So fingers crossed we'll have a bit more news on that in the next month or so. And yeah, doing some some food food stuff, partnered with a friend of ours who does a wonderful job making pizzas. So, but even that, you know, it's like it's great to have faces in the building and and have um, yeah, Benny and I and Carlo have the opportunity to be back in our space. But uh, it's just unfortunately not, not anywhere close to to what we need to survive unfortunately what's the easiest way for people to find the petition is it just online yeah saveourscene.com.au um there's all links there as well if you just want to go straight to that website otherwise google parliament vic live music venues and it'll come up it's really easy to sign the petition that is a massive thing i think remembering how remembering those dance floor epiphanies when we do come back properly and making sure you go to your favourite live music venues. And if you are in a position to do so, pay for that ticket, buy a few drinks. Yeah, keep reminding your friends to do similarly, you know. I think I think that'll go a long way. What's some other stuff, I guess, that punters can do in the meantime, aside from sign the petition in order to kind of, uh, I guess, keep the dream alive? Keep the discourse up. I mean, I was amazed. I spoke with the, with ABC News a few weeks ago about this similar stuff and the the outpouring of positive messages and calls and texts and all sorts of stuff that I got from people was amazing but also quite shocking to me because I didn't realise that they didn't know that this was the situation. And I think there is a, a hope that things will sort of just go back to normal in most facets of our life after the COVID-19 crisis is over, which I think to a large degree is true, but music is not one of those things, I don't think, certainly not in Victoria. I think just remind your friends and make sure that you're remembering that it's not perhaps as easy to return to normal for us as it might seem. So keeping that conversation up next time you're allowed to be at a dinner party have a chat about it. You know, I think that's that's almost the most valuable thing. People just need to know that it's important that yeah, they're talking about this stuff. No, I think I think we've covered it covered it off beautifully. Um, I look forward to having a, a proper conversation with the government about what we can do. It sounds like they're pretty ready to listen. So I think this is one that is very incongruous with what our current state government projects as the image of themselves. I don't think you can stand up for the things that you st- stood up for over the last few years and then not come to the rescue of, of the live music sector when we need it most. So I implore them to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, thank you so much for giving up your time to speak to us and giving up your time to really get behind Save Our Scene and hopefully we'll see some results very, very soon. 
Absolute pleasure.